Welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit with your host, myself, Anna-Louise Kenny. I'm here to bring to you the knowledge and skills to level up your business. We are speaking to industry experts across the industry to make sure that you're getting your knowledge in skincare, equipment, ingredients, and everything else you need to make sure you have the best of your business. So welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit. I am here with Catherine McKenzie, Patterson. So it's KMP Clinic in Hanover Square in Mayfair. And it's great to have you on. You've done so well with your clinic. So we just wanted to get to know more about you and how you got to the level you're at now. Thank you for having me. No problem. So how did you get into the industry? You know, where did you start from? Tell us a little bit about your journey before. So I um, am somebody that I didn't have a previous career and then decide to make the change into the beauty industry. I was a kind of fresh, you know, straight out of school, sixth form, a, a little bit of a gap, like a gap year, and then into um, learning beauty therapy, cosmetology. Okay. So I did a SIPTAC and then a Sedesco diploma yeah. at what was then called the London School of Beauty and Makeup, which is in Margaret Street, just yeah. off of Oxford Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess my sort of journey into deciding that I wanted to do that was, I, I was very much of that period of time where everybody was going to university mm-hmm. and I think I I wasn't really totally 100% sure about what I wanted to study at uni and I was quite aware that it was you know there's quite a significant cost to going somewhere if you're not completely sure if that's what you want to do mm. so what I decided to do was take a gap year I say gap year in inverted commas because I worked and I was working part-time when I was studying at sixth form doing my AS and my A-levels at school Um, and I basically decided to sort of go full-time with work, I could save some money, none of my friends or anything were going travelling, I didn't really fancy kind of going on my own and going with a group of like an organised group so I kind of thought I'll take a year out, really kind of give it some more thought and then see where my head's at. by the time it's like the application to the UCAS again and I just still wasn't completely sure about what I wanted to do and it was actually kind of friends and one of my friend's mum in particular that said to me look you really love doing all of your makeup and everything why don't you go and learn how to do it properly And at the end of the day, if you then don't go and do that full time for the rest of your life, you've got a skill that you'll always have. So it's, you know, you're, you're learning, but you're, you know, you've, you've got something solid. Um, I started off working on cosmetic counters. So that was, I started off retail. So I think looking back now, and obviously having my own business, but looking back and kind of looking at my journey, I never kind of thought I was maybe sort of entrepreneurial, or I, I always felt like it just, it all just kind of happened with a series of opportunities, and this is where I am now, and I kind of fell into doing it. But I think actually I was quite an entrepreneurial kind of 
mindset person when I was younger I was always thinking of things that I could do to earn money yeah yeah thinking of little businesses or little shops and actually we have a school at the bottom of my parents road and they broke up for their holidays after I did and I so I had this like golden opportunity of like two weeks in the summer when they were all still going and they would obviously at half past two be going up and down the road so I like went and bought all these sweets and I was like set up a sweet shop on the, on our school wall so I was like selling sweets and stuff just yeah so and then I was just desperate to go out and get a job and earn my own money so like when I was like 13, I was like, mum, dad, I really want a paper round. They were like, no, <laughs> you, you, you'll do it for a week, then you'll never get up at half past five and then we'll be delivering the papers for you. So no. So as soon as I kind of turned 16 and you could legally get a job, I um, applied to, you know, do part-time work. And I really, really wanted to work on a cosmetics counter. Yeah. I think like, the whole world back then of going into retail environment and obviously the cosmetics departments were so different to the rest of department stores and like the women were so glamorous and yeah. they all kind of had their own uniform like it was definitely it was a prestige like yeah. it always was yeah. I think quite a different section I was like I just want to be those women they're so cool it was very beauty at the time <clears throat> like very hair was slicked back proper lipstick makeup mm. when I did beauty college I like they made you get like that every single day yeah. just for college yeah. like hair had to be slicked back I was terrible for it it's well same but it was it was all, all about kind of you know I guess I was so enthralled by mm. the glamour and all you know what appeared to be glamour and like the pres like the the prestige of it all because yeah. it was I yeah. think back then yeah it was seen as quite a in retail quite a prestige thing to work yeah. for a cosmetics house so um I handed my CV the I you know at boots at house Fraser definitely I was like you know put, put it here and here and obviously back then it was actually quite hard to just get a job working part-time because a lot of the time people were students they were studying they were like a niece or a daughter mm. or a friend you know it was all quite clicky yeah and I think if you were obviously working for an Estee Lauder owned brand or a L'Oreal Presti like owned brand yeah. a lot of the time the recruitment happened not just in the store per se it was it was normally done from their head office so yeah. it, was, it was quite a hard sort of thing to get a job in anyway I managed it and I did two evenings and a Sunday, um, and I started off at Benefit Cosmetics. Benefit, okay. Yeah, which was a very interesting one because Benefit was very much um, a disruptor, like a beauty yeah. disruptor. You know, it was all about playing loud music and all about kind of having fun and, yeah. um, you know, not kind of... Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Clarence yeah. and um, I remember we actually so our counter was at the front of the store and then behind us we had Clinique and actually to the right of us we had Clarence and they were always like your music's too loud turn it down and 
I think they just found this all quite fascinating. Yeah, um, I, I do remember benefits starting in Boots, and I was like, what is going on? Walking into Boots, and like one corner was this, mm. and it was just like, oh my God. But then you'd walk over, and first of all, the girls were always so friendly and all yeah. so nice, and they were so you know in whereas the other ones could be quite intimidating where it was more like come in have a look you know have a see what we have it was nice yeah yeah yeah. I think it felt like a very kind of um inviting um atmosphere and obviously as well it really um it was for everybody right but it it you know it was for younger people and obviously at the time Mac was only really in central London. It hadn't really quite branched out into yeah. counters, you know, in in the suburbs or in mm. other, you know, out of cities. So yeah. I I guess the people that were you know really into kind of fun kind of makeup yeah. and and I mean I know that they're very different brands, but yeah, you know, um, I would say that a lot of the people that came and shot there were maybe like a Mac kind of customer like a younger mac kind of customer as well which mac was a little bit different with makeup and so was benefit so it probably was that kind of same vibe yeah yeah so um yeah i remember i you know i kind of went back into school and everyone's like it's so cool you've got a job there like that's amazing like i'm working in a bakery and stuff so yeah i kind of was like I think I've made it. <laughs> like Sixteen. Um, yeah, so that was where I was working yeah. essentially. Um, and then obviously I did my exams and kind of just like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. And then I I then decided I'll, I'll go full time. So I actually moved from Benefit and I went over to Longcom. Okay. Um, and I did a, a maternity cover there. No, I didn't. I did a. I did a something cover there and then I went over to YSL and that was the maternity cover. So that was all within Debenhams. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, and then obviously I was like, right, I need to really figure out kind of what I'm, you know, I, I need to do something and I want to do something and get like a proper qualification. So yeah. then I really researched when I sort of decided, yeah, maybe I will kind of, go and do do this kind of properly and and see what happens and um i researched what sort of diploma that i would like to get what i thought would be good i um i i kind of picked the sibtac and sit well it was sedesco that i was really interested in yeah um and then obviously in the uk sibtac is like your it's its own diploma, but it's recognised by Sedesco, and it's almost like you have to do your SIBTAC first, get your diploma in that before you go on to your Sedesco. Yeah. Or it was when I studied. I think it's still the same. Yeah, I did, um, I take SIBTAC and Sedesco all within the one year, but it might have been, I do think there was, I think my exams were, with SIPTAC were in June. My sa- exams with Sedesco was end of July. So it would have made sense that you were finishing one going into the other, but it was like the full... Um, so I think mine was a little bit more spaced out than yours because I started my course... Well, I can tell you when I started my course it was the week of the London bombings. Oh, wow. I started on the Monday and I think they happened on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... Um, it was 
So that was in July, right? Yeah. So I think we did our SIBTAC exams maybe about February the following year. I think that part was about seven and a half, eight months. Yeah. And then it was a 14 month course that I, I did. But yeah. there, I did um, something in the middle as well. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, because in Ireland, what they had a lot of was like less, I think there was one college that did. Um, you know the the two year three year thing, but every one of them were private. They ran September to July, and it was like ITech, SIPTAC, Sedesco, all in one year. Everything you did, everything, um, all at once. So it was majorly intense. That was the same. So yeah. did you did, did in Ireland? Yeah. Did you do it as a private course as well? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was private. Yeah, yeah, because it was there was no other really option, and it was kind of bit the same. I was like, oh well, will I? Won't I? And that was twenty one years ago. So it was like, you know, it wasn't really a thing. And I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, I'll just give it a try and see if I like it. That's the best yeah. way to do something. I think. Um I, I think for me, yeah. I wanted to go and do something full time. Yeah. I d like you, probably I didn't necessarily want to do something that was going to span over three yeah. years and maybe just be two days a week. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, ju I just don't think that necessarily suits no. me, yeah. the way that I work. But also, I was younger then as well, and I appreciate that for people that obviously they're older they're doing it as a career change yeah. a lot of people have to do it part-time because yeah. they're you know they have to obviously work and earn money while they're doing yeah. it i think the, the way people learn it shouldn't be a judge like it shouldn't be like okay well this person's done it because it depends on the learning type the personality type and their life and it's like some people can deal with it intensely and some people can't and it's recognizing what person you are whether you can do it flexibly and intensely or if you can't and really that's what it's about because really at the end it's what you're coming out with like your subtract qualification you're not going to you know as long as you're working to proper qualification then. I mean it's still really intense because yeah. obviously if you are doing it part time and you're yeah. and you're working as well like that must be incredibly intense yeah but yeah I mean it, it was a very very intensive course yeah. and it was Monday to Friday 9 to 5.30 yeah. I was commuting in yeah. Um, for a little while I did actually then end up moving into London because I just couldn't cope with yeah coming back and then doing you know two hours of work or prep time and yeah. stuff it was it was incredibly intense but um yeah I kind of fixed my um I sort of decided on the course that I wanted to do and then I got myself up into London um for the day and I went independently I didn't go with anyone just looked around some colleges I really liked um that one and then I kind of just I came home and I said to my mum and dad you know I've, I've just been really thinking about this this is what I want to do I you know I was looking at this course this is why I want to study this course and then I went up to town and I found this college and they've got a course that actually starts like soon in July or they've got one that starts in September they did three intakes a year yeah and I think my mum and dad were like well we can't you know she's obviously like researched it that's what she wants to do so yeah, yeah they they were like okay then if that's what you want to do go yeah. and do it 
So after you qualified then, where did you go first? Did you go back to the count? Did you go? Um, so I had, so when I actually qualified and when we were sort of getting to the end of our course and we actually had a sort of a module where somebody was gonna like came in and talked to us and kind of said, look, these are potentially, you know, the careers that you can go and do. And yeah. um, I really wanted to work with Declayor, mm. um, which is a French skincare brand. Um, I had actually used that on my own skin, probably from, I don't know, being about 17 or 18. Mm. I'd had quite a bad period with my skin um, when I when I just started um working um at benefit and it just wasn't really getting any better and i was trying loads and loads of things on it it just looked really sallow and dull and gray and mm. awful um and then my friend had amazing skin she still does and i was talking to her about it and i was like what you know what do you use and she said oh i use this brand Declay or why why don't you try it this is what i use why don't you try those things so i kind of went to house of fraser at the yeah. time and i bought a few things and actually within like a couple of weeks my skin had really changed it really got its glow back it started to calm down a lot so it was quite hilarious really i kind of get paid and <laughs> walk up to the other end of lakeside shopping center and like go and spend all my money in house of fraser <laughs> on deck <Clayor>. yeah. <laughs> um, so I really liked the products, I really liked the concept and I just really wanted to work with that brand when I qualified. I thought I'd be a really good kind of advocate for them and so I also wanted to stay in London. Um, I then was living there at that yeah. point and I didn't really want to come back to suburbia yeah. and work. I just knew that that wasn't really going to be for me yeah. um, working in a local salon. <clears throat> so I started to look at places yeah. um, that did Declayor and I came across this place um, that I had never heard of and I just put in my CV there. I also put in my CV in some other hotels and places and then um, they called me back for um, an interview and I actually realised that it was at the time the flagship for Declayor and also for another French skincare brand, Carita. Mm. And it was a privately owned spa by um, a guy called David Lieber, who actually owned the Jet Clayor franchise in yeah. the UK. Yeah. And this was kind of his baby that he had always wanted to set up and was able to do so when he kind of sold the UK franchise to Shiseido. Yeah. And at the time, the spa existed as a flagship um, for uh, Carita Jet Clayor and um well we had a little bit of shiseido we had yeah. a lot of color and cosmetics there, yeah and we had a few of the products but we there was kind of one shiseido treatment but at the time when i joined there was only really one therapist doing it yeah um so it he kind of that was the whole point of him kind of you know he always wanted to have his own spa but he ran it as a flagship and yeah we sort of served all the press there and everything and um he um eventually he 
retired um, and sold the spa as well. But okay. at the time when I started working there, he was still very much involved in Dempe yeah. or as a brand. Okay. So it, it, at the time when I started, it was an amazing spa. Like the thought, the care, the, yeah. the attention to detail that him and his wife Margot had put into it yeah it was incredible it was, yeah. it was really opulent you know yeah. it was quite, quite Greek inspired yeah really really beautiful and yeah I mean I had like four interviews though I'd, I'd never had that many interviews before but um I was just really lucky I think yeah I, they were looking when I kind of qualified and then yeah I, I ended up working there wow yeah. So I was, but I was really lucky because I I sort of that was my first job. Yeah, fresh out of qualifying as a flagship. And yeah, I obviously know now, being sort of where I am in my business, that there's there's probably really great advantages yeah. in taking somebody that's fresh out of college you can kind of mold them into yeah. you know it, it, they haven't got any other influence. Yeah, but. I think also to take someone that was super young. Yeah. Like I was the youngest person there. Yeah. But I think like I remember them saying to me that if anyone asks you how old you are, don't don't tell them. Like just <laughs> add a few years on. Um, yeah, I mean there were some hilarious things that people used to do in beauty weren't there. Yeah. But it's funny, so did you find then you created contacts from that? Because I look back on Sanctuary Days and we had journalists in at the time. I'm like, those like that I did treatments on that I paid no attention to. Like I just had to do a treatment and like literally stuff wrote in magazines and I you know, and I think now the amount of contacts you would make if you were like a bit... So do you find you've created contacts through that? Or? Yeah, so Illuminata was... An, it was called Spa Illuminata. So yeah. Illuminata was an interesting um, sort of place in the way it was run. So it was right in the heart of Mayfair. Um, and it was called a day spa, but it didn't actually have a pool. So they had some wet facilities. They had a, um, a couple of steam rooms. Yeah. But it was more actually a destination where at the time when I was there, it was very much a regular clientele. Yeah. And I think that when I first qualified, your experience of going to somewhere for a treatment, and I think that this has changed now, yeah. is it was all very much about the destination. Yeah. I go here for my treatment. Yeah. Whereas now it's very much about I go and see this, this person, person for my yeah. treatment. I yeah. don't know whether you would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. So I think it was it was kind of a real destination. So, But in terms of working in maybe a hotel spa or, yeah. or somewhere else... I saw the clients that I had regularly. It yeah. wasn't like I saw somebody once a year or twice a year. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing because I got to obviously build up a relationship with my clients. Yeah. And 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 Margot and David were very much kind of focused on that. They were yeah. like, if if you've got a regular client and you wanna come in and stay late for them and talk yeah. your shift around, you know, like you you're here to serve your clients and if yeah. that is gonna work for you better to do that, yeah, then you do that. What you know, they were very much um kind of this is your room, yeah, this is your little business. Exactly. So if you wanna do something this way and yeah. if you wanna do something I mean obviously not completely different, but 
if you want to make little tweaks because yeah. you think that's going to be better yeah then do that yeah so they they were really you know it wasn't like working for a flagship that is a brand and everything has to be completely completely uniform yeah. and you can't really step out of the box yeah you stay in your box but yeah you can kind of get out of it yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. um and obviously i yeah and i also qualified at a time when everything was it was always very regimented yeah why would you use a cream for oily skin when you're using a sensitive skin rate it was all very much like you have to do everything yeah by the regime so they were quite forward thinking in that way i also really think i've completely deviated what you originally asked me and i can't <laughs> no no clients yeah it. <laughs> so yeah so i i obviously got to have a relationship with you know regular clientele but i guess in terms of you know we it was this really amazing place where we did have a lot of press coming in we also mm. had a, a lot of kind of vip uh, yeah. clients well-known people i didn't i've always been like i don't know celebrity clients i've i've just always i've never been i've just treated them yeah like normal i've never yeah. really yeah. I can't ever say that will ever happen if Beyonce ever lies on my bed. But like <laughs> with everybody else I've just been Yeah. I don't I haven't I don't really think about it. Yeah. I just I'm I treat everybody the same. Yeah. I don't bend over backwards. Yeah. Like, and actually I don't talk about my clients yeah. either. I'm really Yeah. I'm really private about that. And yeah. and a lot of people have you know, I've had press ask me, oh, we're writing this, can you tell us who you do? Oh, really? Yeah, no. I'm, no. Yeah, no. But if someone, if someone talks about me yeah. and mentions me, then for me, that's, they, you know, if they're comfortable with doing that and talking about me, then I, I'll talk about it. But someone's having a really intimate moment with you. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, yeah, they're very vulnerable in that position, you know, lying down in the bed, trusting you with their face and they need to be able to trust you not to be going, you know, running around to papers or stuff like that. And yeah. they are, it's, it is all just the same, like being treated, but some people do think like, oh my God, I treat this person, I treat this person. It's like, actually, they're all the same, you know, it's no difference to anything. Yeah. Um. So how did you, Hanover Square, how did you come about that? What, how did you get that? Um, well, I stayed at Illuminata for about seven, seven and a half years. Um, as I previously mentioned, David, the guy that owned it, he eventually retired and sold the business. Mm. When the business was sold, as with a lot of acquisitions, certain things changed. And I think that I was looking to move on. Yeah. But as I also said to you, I was so lucky in a way with my job when I qualified because I sort of went in yeah at, I don't want to say at the top but in a really high position and that's why I stayed there for so long as well yeah because it was a really amazing place where they looked after us but also I quite liked that style of working seeing more of a regular clientele and yeah you know I didn't necessarily I think to go to places that were of of a similar standard would have been in in that area in central London would maybe to be to go to a hotel and I didn't kind of necessarily want to do that yeah um, anyway so stuff had kind of changed 
with the running and you know of of it and I was like how can I I love working with these product brands still creature inject play or how can I carry on doing these treatments and then also seeing my clients who, yeah. whom a lot of them I'd built up a relationship with and then actually another girl that I worked with at the spa at the time was also thinking the same thing yeah. and basically we just ended up sort of collaborating okay. on it both together and yeah. um, we decided that we were going to go and set up our own business Yeah, and we did that in 14 weeks oh my god yeah from when you found the unit or just when you no, decided from when we decided god that's fast i think we were 12 weeks from when we found the unit to open like that was 14 weeks so how did you find the place <laughs> so it was actually my business partner my former business partner that found it okay. i think it was a friend of hers that mm. was actually a rep for a product brand at the time that said oh i've heard of this place and some people mm. um work there and rent rooms there and stuff so she found um where where we were so we there was well-being there is a well-being center on yeah. south Moulton street and yeah. we rented um, full time a room there probably about as big as this maybe a bit longer yeah. it was like and we shared the room okay. so we and because it was open you know yeah. from 9 to 9 we, what we used to do is we used to kind of split the days yeah. then someone would do a full day and yeah. then we would do alternate weekends yeah. and then obviously the rest of the time you were doing kind of all the other stuff that goes along with yeah. running a business and yeah. we worked together quite well as a team because she was quite interested in sort of doing all the bookkeeping and that kind of side of stuff she yeah. taught she taught herself how to bookkeep yeah and then I was sort of more interested in kind of PR and marketing and actually I suppose I did have maybe a little bit more of a relationship with certain members of the press yeah um with with seeing them yeah and so I sort of did that side of it yeah and yeah literally from deciding to I yeah I mean I look back at that now and that's absolutely mad but yeah. we were so like we were so determined to do it yeah nobody would have been able to tell us like yeah. that's not going to work because we just believed in it so much and that is what i think comes with having your own business yeah. as well like it's that naivety oh, about stubbornness. It. you're just it's, gonna do it. yeah it's stubbornness it's just blind belief yeah and yeah and, and and naivety as well because yeah. you've never done it before so you yeah. know what it's going to be like and you don't know how bad it could be or like how how no. tough or how stressful and you're yeah. like yeah it'll be fine it'll either i can just go get another job or something yeah. if it doesn't work out and it's like yeah it's, it is naivety definitely. and i would also caveat with saying as well it wasn't like we both worked in an accounting firm yeah. and loved beauty and yeah. we we were qualified yeah and so and we also had you know we could do we could both do everything but she had quite an interest in body treatments and i had yeah. quite an interest in face and 
Um, we also, we knew the product brands that we yeah. wanted to work with. We were trained in them. Yeah. So it was almost like we were kind of taking a concept of some of something yeah. that wasn't unfamiliar to yeah. us and, and almost moving it, Location. I mean, scaling it down about yeah. 20 times, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, yeah, so that kind of aspect of it yeah. was something that was quite familiar to us. Yeah. But obviously working for yourself paying yourself that like you know all of that other stuff was completely yeah yeah the business technical before. side yeah yeah and it is quite difficult if you don't like it is quite difficult it's one it's difficult to keep on top of like you can learn it everyone everyone can learn anything but it's keeping on top of it keeping it know know what you need to learn if you don't know what you need to know how do you know yeah. um but yeah there's a lot to it so you were saying then it was before covid and after COVID. so that was before covid because i've been self-employed this year for nine years okay and i can't really believe that actually it's really quite frightening yeah you just do stuff for longer and longer and longer and you're like what i'm really old <laughs> yeah. i know <laughs> yeah um so we worked there and actually we did three years together in a business and then she decided to leave the business yeah so that was a big event in my self-employed life yeah um having yeah having your well it was our business like 50 percent each yeah check out yeah that was an interesting thing and also the legalities with it because one it's kind of a change of structure of relationship so it's a separation of relationship but then it's it's also like a marriage divorce it's like totally we need to and how you are with each other is completely different in that divorce because yeah. there needs to be you know it's 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 getting the legalities right it's getting who gets what right and it can be quite stressful yeah and that was obviously something that i never realized as well so it was it was her decision to leave yeah. it was something that she wanted to do essentially i found that when i had my own business it was something that worked for me i enjoyed yeah. it i enjoy i think i work well under pressure yeah for her it was i think at times completely crippling yeah um and it was just, it was starting to make her unwell. So she decided that she wanted to um, leave. Yeah. But it, and you know, that was all quite, I suppose it was it was a surprise when she yeah. told me. And then, yeah, I, I can't really liken it to anything else, as, as, as you've said. It yeah. is like a divorce. Yeah. When you have a business partner, it yeah. is like you're married. Yeah. And your business is like your baby yeah, that you're trying to bring up. Yeah. And it's like being parents. Yeah. You both need to want the same things for your yeah. children, pretty much. Yeah. Otherwise, something is going to really kind of clash. Yeah. So, and three years is actually quite young for it to like change so much. You know, you're just getting settled into mm. having that business, just going, yeah, okay, we're we're in a groove now. And then it's like, well, wait, I thought this was like this was starting to build because yeah. it, three years seems a lot to other people, but in business terms, it's no, so it's not. Yeah. And I think, but also, um, I think if you're if you're waking up every morning feeling really unhappy yeah. and really anxious yeah. maybe you know i can't speak completely on behalf of her but yeah. like that's a, probably a really really long time yeah. right yeah so um yeah so th 
you know, that was an eventful kind of thing in business. Yeah. And um, I decided I I don't know what else I'm going to do now. I really like doing this. I don't want to go back to being employed. So I just need to find a way to make this work. So, and it, and all, it wasn't like she was going and setting up a competitor somewhere else. She was take she was taking leave like she you know she was going to go back into being employed so it wasn't like half my business potentially was gonna half the business was gonna go and yeah. and and follow her yeah. so it was all very much about you know to kind of how how I can just kind of cope with this volume of yeah. clients that yeah. we were sharing before um and then it took quite a long time to kind of then find my flow back into it yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's like that, you know, I can look back and think, God, you know, it's like pretty much, it was about two years, two and a half years. Yeah. But actually it seemed like a lot longer at yeah. that time as well. Cause you know, that it's not easy when, you know, it's such a big split and then you, you, you know, you set up a business thinking yeah. you're 50% kind of, Mm. Um, in it and then you know you then take on 100% of it and there's some things that like she would have been doing like say like you said the technical side the business technical side and suddenly you have all those clients you have to learn all this technical side and then you have to maintain what you've been doing for the last few years so it's like this big it's like you're taking the child on and that's yeah I mean I am not a mathematical person yeah. I can <laughs> I, I yeah so for me doing that was just interesting <laughs> I'm just maths maths is not my strong subject and that's okay yeah <laughs> it's everybody. but yeah so um I found that I was just sort of coming back into I guess a new balance yeah. of of things and then the covid pandemic struck so i don't know whether you've ever seen that kind of that meme of um like having a business and it's like a little line and then like in the middle it's just a scribble and then a little line and scribble and yeah like i've definitely had my fair share of lines and scribbles (laughs) i think i think i have had probably the two most major things that can happen to anybody in yeah. business and one of them nobody would have even thought about four yeah. years ago a, pa- a global pandemic shut down of all businesses and, yeah and i think before that that was the biggest thing that yeah. could happen in your business your business partner leaving yeah. i don't yeah i don't know and i've had both of those <laughs> so that's been exciting <laughs> um yes yeah, so I was actually, I so I really wanted to kind of move premises, actually. We'd done a three-year lease term. Mm. So this was how it also all came about at the time when it came about that she was like, yeah, I think I need to check out of this because um, I was like, I just really don't, like, we should really be looking for somewhere else. I think, you know, we should be thinking about growth here and we should be thinking about somewhere where we could have a couple of rooms. Yeah. We've got our rooms each. And obviously she was like, yeah, about that. So I ended up, I stayed and I did another lease where I was. Yeah. Because it was going to be too much change for the clients, not, you know, with her leaving and then with me moving to another premises. And so I decided to stay there. And then obviously COVID kind of ruined its ugly head. So I was, 
I, I had about six months left on my lease when okay. we when we kind of got to to March, and yeah. actually we were having conversations about what I was going to do yeah. with it. And actually, before COVID, it was very hard, certainly in central London, to find a premises with the right type of planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And getting that sort of space, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know this, but every type of building in yeah. a town is basically categorised by a number. Yeah. So I'm sure you know this. Yeah. Um, so generally A-class properties are sort of retail. They tend to be shop, you know, uh, floor level um, yeah. places. Then you've got B space, which tends to be used, um, which was categorised as office. Mm. Um, I can't quite remember what C is, but it could be something to do with education. D mm -hmm. is, you've then got different, you know, like D1, Medical. D2, yeah. D3. So D is an interesting category because it has got the most weird and wonderful stuff in it. So I think it's like places of worship, yeah. education for yeah. sure in D medical yeah and it's like basically it's also in a town planning because you have to have a certain amount of percentage of these properties to, i guess it's like an equal opportunity thing in a town yeah, yeah so d tends to be your kind of most minimal space yeah so what i'm getting to with this is when i was looking at space i in central london to go into an a class retail space on floor level yeah it's incredibly expensive yeah and obviously i could do that because i sell product yeah and generally you are you know you're offering a, a service like a, a type of retail yeah. service to a client d space was also a space that i could look at because yeah. potentially if you're moving into certainly things like lasers and stuff yeah. you sort of need to be in more of a d space yeah so a real issue that I found with looking for a space was I would go and speak to loads of different estate agents and actually what the biggest problem was was half of them were so un, you know, attuned to the beauty industry. Yeah. So I go and speak to some of that. Yeah, you will definitely be fine in this space because you do this and you do that. Yeah. And then some of them you go, no, I don't think you could go into an A space. I think you definitely have to look for a D space. I think I heard that too as well. I think estate agents said that to me as well. Like, no, yeah. you can't go into an A. And I'm like, no, no, you, you beauty, you can't. Yeah. So I, um, it was, you know, going and seeing a space with these people was so confusing. Yeah. Itself, because you, half the time you'd walk out and you'd be like, well how how do i find out whether that's what, who can i speak to and yeah. actually i found it really really challenging yeah and don't forget as well i'm doing this all on my own yeah too, yeah as well as trying to like obviously see all my clients and yeah stuff. so yeah i found it really hard to kind of find space and there really wasn't a lot of space around the w1 area yeah and it was basically getting to a point where i was like i'm just gonna have to sign another lease here which kind of wasn't what I wanted to do because I wanted a fresh start. I'd, yeah. I'd been in that place a long time and I felt like I'd outgrown the space. Yeah. And then obviously COVID started to happen. Yeah. So we just had this massive, massive pause. Yeah. And it was 
quite hard for me initially in that first lockdown because I was still tied into a lease. Yeah. We didn't get any rent reductions no, no, no. or no, anything like that. Um, my landlord did, but didn't pass them on to her tenants. Mm-hmm. So it was quite hard for me. Yeah. And obviously I just wasn't working at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's awful. So when you were at that six months, so you said the six months was the reason why I like, it stuck in my head is because yeah. I was at the six months too in the March and we had to give six months notice because we were at break lease of five years in that September right okay and we had to give notice and our, our uh, it was the 26th of September what, so the September 2020 <clears throat> yeah was right, the six so months right so your six months was Mar- at the end of March uh, right. 23rd of March so yeah. 26th was so 23rd so of March we went into lockdown. lockdown exactly and my landlords did the exact same thing my landlords were estate agents they owned estate agents and they were like not not they were actually talking about increasing it in September and I then I had to make that flip decision do I leave it and we give we had to give them six months notice so I had to give them six months notice between that 23rd March and 26th of March I had to give them that six months notice so you so that was when you gave them yeah not in September no because we had to give because how amazing before. would that have been but, if you'd been in lockdown for three days only yeah then, yeah exactly but we still had to pay until September right so we had to keep paying the rent mm. for it but did you tell them then in March that you were wanting out or did you know because of the timing of yeah. it so it was quite funny really because it was we need to have a meeting about this this was you know beginning of March because the thing about that time as well is like everything just moved so quickly yeah like two days before in that lead up to that lockdown was completely different yeah to- <laughs> I got see I actually got a secret look in not secret looking it was it was a looking because i had to go over and teach in ireland the weekend before and week before it was patrick's day in ireland and ireland the pubs were choosing to close themselves down on paddy's day i mean if you're if you're exactly and i was like shit the world's going to end like (laughs) yeah that's a big thing yeah so i kind of for an irish pub to close exactly willingly without the government saying willingly themselves i was like right well then shit's really going to hit the fan yeah i think this was like very very end of february beginning of march and it was we sort of had a conversation and she was like where is your head at and i said you know, I think I'm gonna have to kind of re-sign this lease, putting my kind of feet in about it. You know, yeah. it's not what I want to do, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, and then I stuff kind of started to then happen, and it was quite interesting because all of a sudden, when it looked as though it was then, you know, it had gone over to Italy and got yeah. into it, and then that was obviously awful yeah. with the situation in Italy. And it was all about that time that she started to get. Have you engaged your solicitor oh, yet? Yeah. What What's going on? Because okay. I think she was obviously forward thinking, thinking I got get yeah. this person locked in. Yeah. And I was like, I just sort of, well, basically I said, I can't really get hold of my solicitor. I think they're all working from home, which that was true. Yeah. And um, I can't really get hold of anybody and I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, You know, and then she, oh, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. But, and then in a couple of days, like, let me know. And I said, 
you know what I just don't think this is the right week to do it let's see what's going to happen yeah and then of course it was so weird it was like the week before so I don't know what that would have been like the 13th or yeah. 16th of March I had these clients and people were saying yeah I don't think I'm going to be in London for a while because um, I'm getting all like our office is telling us to like pack up and, okay um, yeah so that's weird and then like the following week it was like the Monday to Wednesday people were calling and they were like I'm really sorry like you know I can't come in my kids are at home from yeah. school and I've you know I can't leave or um, I'm I've, my office is closing like we've got yeah. to go in and pack it up to the Wednesday yeah like Thursday Friday being I'm really sorry I can't come for my appointment because I just don't feel safe yeah it was like that whole split in the week quick it was really yeah. quick but I that week I saw two clients yeah and I don't think I'd ever had a week since being yeah having my own business two where I saw clients. two clients because yeah. It was obviously getting quieter. People weren't calling yeah. to book, and then yeah. the ones that I had in were obviously cancelling. Yeah, and I was like, "Shit, this is not going to be good." Yeah. So, I remember I did a client on like the Wednesday evening, and I came home. I kind of had a conversation with my mum, and I was like. I just don't, I don't even feel comfortable coming in yeah. and like on the train anymore. I think I'm going to have to close. Yeah. I just think it's the best thing to do. Yeah. If you have got your own business and you are making a decision to close your business, yeah. when there's no government guidance yeah. to do that, I have to tell you, it was like actually one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Yeah. Because... It was like, I knew that I had to do that because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Okay. And I think it was a sensible thing to yeah. do. But effectively, I was like, I'm probably going to close my business and then I'll probably go bankrupt. Yeah. Because don't, I think everyone forgets now, none of the government helped. I mean, we weren't even legally, you yeah. know, in lockdown then. Yeah. So I made the, I had this client on the Saturday and you know Saturday's obviously normally my busiest day yeah and I basically drove into London with an empty car yeah it was the weirdest thing because everybody had the it was like the war everybody was bordering up all their windows and everything and everything was like there was no one around and I basically came up with this empty car and I was like, I'm doing this client and I'm going to clear as much stuff out of my room as yeah. I can. I need to get my products out yeah. because I I can hopefully sell them. Yeah. And I need to, I thought that I could probably work from home. So I was like, I need to get a, a home kit. Yeah. And I just basically need to get as much stuff out of this room also because I didn't know what was going to happen yeah. to my landlord and her building. And yeah. Was she going to go... Um, yeah under and then was I not going to be able to go back in and get my stuff yeah and I was on the top floor of a building with no lift I went up and down those stairs with cases and cases like all of my like about 25 times yeah it was excellent it was it was the weirdest thing it really was and then obviously 
it I mean it really wasn't that long in the grand scheme of things but then on the Monday evening we obviously that was the 23rd and we then went into yeah. that official lockdown and it was like as soon as that happened it was such a like weight off my shoulders because I was like the decision like it's the decision's been taken yeah. from you now yeah I mean yeah. I've already made this decision yeah. to close but you know it was like I've done you know I obviously have done the right thing close yeah. to two days earlier yeah I because we made the same decision we um I had a team meeting on the Saturday and I said we'll close for two weeks and we'll see how it is and we'll definitely close for two weeks and um I said to them I was like listen we sat down and I said now I need you to really like because if we don't if we don't work together now from home on the same thing the products all that kind of stuff the training everything I was like we won't last we will not last and we will go bankrupt so we need to like really pull together and it was that kind of thing where you're making this decision and you're going am I making the right decision it felt ultimately like you didn't really have a choice Mm -hmm. it was like this is the right thing to do you know all of that so when Boris eventually popped up their head and said you're like like come on like you know we all know this we've already you know you're just you're just stating the obvious because you know you're in that um you're in the position that you have to do it but it was it was really tough time i think the i think the weight that i felt off my shoulders when that announcement happened was more the announcement of if that's now an official decision i've you know potentially in terms of my rent and stuff i might have you know back up with yeah. the fact of which obviously for me was a bit of a different story but yeah. um yeah it was that was the first night that I slept through the night actually yeah. that Monday night yeah I hadn't slept for about 10 12 days before yeah it was so weird yeah. very traumatic very strange and then a very weird time because don't you define everything now by like oh that was pre pre covid and after covid yeah and there's this really weird two years where it's like it wasn't really time it's going to be ad and bc and it's going to be before pandemic and after pandemic i know Yeah. yeah so um very hard first lockdown for me because yeah. i had everything to pay yeah. obviously there was no government um help for me for quite a long time because i seemed to fall through a lot of those gaps yeah i mean i didn't really get any government help yeah because i didn't pay business rates they were included in my rent okay so, yeah so she got the business rate relief then. yeah that's yeah and and there were things that she benefited from that she didn't pass on to her tenants. Yeah. So, um, I didn't get any business rates reduction. So or you anything. paid the rent. So my rent included business rates and utilities. Yeah, but you paid during pandemic. You still paid your rent. Yeah, I had to And pay she it. got the money to. We got so she got doubles up. Yeah. I don't really know the exact. Um, yeah logistics of what she got and what she didn't get i can assume yeah. what she got and didn't get because of knowing yeah. what things were on offer yeah um but look i was i was really lucky in yeah. a way because that was obviously a really traumatic period for me yeah because 
you know, I I was just having to pay for things and I didn't have the same amount of income coming in. But I didn't have children yeah. to feed. I don't have children. And I wasn't a key worker having to go in and work in the most horrendous situations. Yeah. yeah. And touch, you know, people close to me, no one got COVID yeah. awfully and was really sick. Yeah. And actually, I can look back on that period now and I also feel quite privileged to say this because I know it wasn't the case for everybody. Yeah. I think I was working in such a way that actually probably towards the end of 2020 I think I was heading for probably quite a big burnout yeah actually I was just working too much and yeah. burning the candle at both ends with yeah. work and I think being forced to have to take a step back and almost get out of the hamster wheel yeah because there is a bit of a hamster wheel with yeah. having your own business and I think it's quite hard to get out of it and yeah. look at it from above, right? Yeah. And I think for me, it was good Yeah. because I was forced to do that and actually able to take a pause, think about things, yeah. reassess things. And actually, there's been quite a lot of things out of coat I mean look I've discovered a lot of stuff about myself yeah in that period of lockdown yeah. you know I discovered that actually I'm not a person that can do well without a routine yeah I can't just go around from day to day yeah like, having a plan that just doesn't work well for me I think I discovered obviously how resilient I am yeah I also discovered again like how much I really love my job and I do love working for myself because you know that would have been a great opportunity for me to say do you know what this is just not serving me the way that I want it to so maybe I should go back um, and be employed or I should go and work in a different industry or work in a different part of my industry so I learned all of that I learned that I actually really loved my clients. I loved doing treatments. Yeah. What, you know, what was important to me. Yeah. So there were a lot of valuable things out of that pandemic that happened for me. Yeah. I know it wasn't like that for everybody, but... Yeah, it was, yeah I completely get that. I, I think the forcing to stand back was a, for a lot of people that yeah. that they could readjust and reassess. Like we had so many students through their education booked on because they were like do you know what I'm not happy with my career I'm not happy yeah. with my life this is a chance for me to change my life and a lot of people booked on the training because of that I know of myself I completely like got to stand back as well it's just that time it's like but for a lot of people it was much more difficult but for yeah it's it's that time to kind of sit down and take it easy and yeah. not be running around and I think also what I learned about myself as well which is a really valuable lesson is when you've got your own business and you work in a client serving business you get you do get scared to say no yeah because if you can't see somebody you know mrs jones on a friday morning because you, you i think you get quite scared to kind of say well i can't do that yeah but what about you know this or this and actually i think and i think also you always have a worry about your 
you know your clients and you know yeah. they're going to go somewhere else or yeah. you know if you if you can't see them yeah and obviously I couldn't see my clients for months and months yeah there were a lot of people doing treatments that yeah. shouldn't have been working in that yeah. time and going to people's houses yeah. I didn't do that yeah my clients could have gone and seen those people yeah but they didn't and yeah. obviously after covid yeah I went back into a business with like all of my clients yeah and I think that that gave me confidence as yeah. well in my ability yeah yeah and it, it is it is I do there was like it's like as if we created boundaries like we're like no do you know what now I've gotten used to I've realized what I need for my life I'm creating these boundaries I'm not going to work until 10 o'clock every night mm. just to cater for those clients yeah. or you know if I have someone who's difficult actually do you know what I don't need you as a client yeah you know all those type of things I definitely think there was a bit of boundary creation yeah definitely that. and for me totally yeah I do, you know, going back from COVID, but you know, a lot of people also said this as well. You know, I had clients coming out of the pandemic that were like, I just don't think I'll ever travel in in the way that I do. Mm. And actually, it's weird because I feel like in the last six months, mm. people are now back to traveling more than ever. Yeah. I mean, I'll never be that busy again. And yeah. people are. Yeah. And um, you can tell even from the price of flights. The price of flights are ridiculous. And business class is now like mm. 10 times the price it used to be. Like all of that kind of stuff. So people are traveling. They're, they're really getting back on it. And, and it's funny because I did think that people are like they thought I'm going to regulate I'm going to balance my life I'm going to and now they're suddenly like they're going to an extreme again and it's like yeah the same thing again. but not you know not not necessarily great not no. from my eyes seeing these people as a as a therapist yeah. as well so um yeah so that was definitely a scribble on 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 the paper um but taught me taught me a lot about myself, taught me quite yeah. a lot of lessons. Um, so what I actually did coming out of that first period of lockdown, because this was the other thing as well, we thought we were going back at the beginning of July and then it got delayed about three times yeah. for, uh, until you could go back and do face treatments. Yeah. That was another six, six and yeah. a half weeks. So when I eventually did go back to work, <laughs> yeah. um, I basically what I did from that period until September last year 2022 was I carried on using my room where I had been but it wasn't my room anymore okay um because I, I wasn't taking another lease on it I decided yeah. that I was just because it was all very weird coming yeah. out of like you didn't know how long it was going to last and yeah. obviously it was very disruptive we had that short period and then we had the month in November yeah. And then, of course, we had the Christmas lockdown, which is that awful winter lockdown, which was horrendous. Yeah. So from that kind of period of time, yeah, I was more flexible, obviously, because I wasn't... I, I actually, I paid as I went on my yeah. space. Um, but I had all of my other, you know, outgoings to pay. Yeah. Like fat and, you know, corp tax and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But um, I was, I went and I pivoted. I went to a lot of people's houses. Yeah. Um, while I was getting myself back up on my feet, a lot of my clients at the time were working from home, and a lot of them lived in London. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I mean, even now, and I've not not been doing that for that long. 
but I don't know how I did all of that as well. Yeah. Took all of this equipment around with me, and I was like in northwest London, what, and then back here. And but I, I went to people's houses, and then I sort of reduced my time in my in in my room, and yeah. I was paying for it as I went. Yeah. And then obviously more people went back into the office. It got a bit busier in the room, less house visits, and then it all went backwards. And then so I, that was kind of I was doing that for about a year. Yeah. And then it kind of got to. September 2021 so I'd been back in the full flow of work from April after Easter and obviously it was just mentally exhausting because I was I was like oh am I here one day am I here like it was you know having to get go home prep for everything does that client need products what do they need they need a moisturizer okay I'll take five different ones it was you know there was a lot of prep with that and I was, and I kind of just thought to myself, it got to about September, and I was like, right, we don't know what's going to happen at Christmas. Yeah. But if it kind of looks like it's all staying more kind yeah. of fluid and normal, I really want to start looking for another place because I just can't really do this for much longer. Yeah. It's really grating on me yeah. now. And it was amazing that I could pivot, right? Yeah. I was really lucky. I can drive. I had yeah. my own car. I didn't have to invest a lot of money into going mobile, but also if I'd have wanted to be a mobile therapist, probably would have done that when I qualified pretty much. So um, I started to think about looking at properties. I remember I went and saw something in um, Christmas week actually of 2021 um and then we kind of got through christmas okay and then i just really amped up looking at stuff and then i came across hanover square yeah and i just loved it i loved the energy in it it's a really beautiful building it's um like 1750s it's a georgian townhouse yeah um and i just love the fact that that building has just seen so much right it's seen two world wars it's yeah seen a pandemic it's like you know it's um and without listed yeah without that pandemic like you said before you probably wouldn't have got that unit yes so to yeah with the whole planning thing i forgot to yeah obviously say so coming out of covid and looking for properties yeah. that's that's why i was trying to discuss that before like they so what they did in covid was they basically um introduced this new class of lease called a class e yeah which basically meant that if the landlord was okay with it and all the freeholder and 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 health and safety yeah. regulations would meet you know for what your business was yeah. that and this was obviously to stop a massive exodus of office buildings yeah. Um, that there was more flexibility on what you could do. Yeah. So the la- so the landlord of my building had obviously made that from what would have been a B-use office yeah. into a Class C, which meant that I could go there as long as he was okay with me Yeah. Um, doing that. So I went and had a look at this building. It had, you know, it had a great feel. It had walls. A lot of the stuff that I went to see were big open plan units. Hmm. And I explained to the estate agent, I was like, look, I've told you what I do, but I really want you to go and explain to the landlord just 
So he really understands I'll be having clients in yeah. here, I'll be offering service, yeah. I need to get water into what is now my treatment room, into this front room, yeah. and as you know, I need you to go and find out whether all of that is possible and whether he's okay with that, Yeah. Um, which he did, and it that was the beginning of March that I... I decided to kind of start, you know, putting an offer yeah. and negotiate, and it went off the market about Easter time. Yeah. So that, but this was all a new set of thing for me, right? It's as well, because too. I, when we went into that that yeah. place where I was, like, it was basically like, this is the room, this is how much it costs, and then Pure you sign a yeah. contract. Yeah. Whereas this was taken on at least. You can take it on at yeah. least, which is. You know, I've obviously kind of done that before, but you know, for, there are different things, mm. right? And you can negotiate, and yeah. you know, there wasn't a lot of negotiating with anything in, yeah. in the place that I was at before, and um, that was—it's basically like buying a house. Exactly. I think it's no different, yeah. right? Um, so that was a very long process, but I finally got my keys. On the thirty first of August, it took ages. That yeah. last bit, just getting the keys, but yeah, that was all a learning curve. Everything's a learning curve. Yeah, exactly. And it, like, I think it's important learning these stuff because, like, it's part of your growing, your brain growing, like learning all this going through it and everything. It's interesting. People talk about you know failure as being a very it's a very negative word it carries a lot of negative connotations yeah and I think also I suppose I came from um a you know a family that may maybe looked at you know failure as as failure in a negative sense whereas Mm. I think that I've I'm obviously at a time in my life now where I'm like, nothing's a failure really. It's all a, it's yeah. you know things don't work out. Yeah. But that's not necessarily no. a negative thing. Yeah. If you do something, and you take the leap of faith, and a lot of the time it's taking the leap of faith. Yeah. That is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And it doesn't work out. If you can honestly say. I really put my all into that. Yeah. I tried my hardest. Yeah. Then things just don't work out yeah. and it doesn't mean that you're a bad you're you know, you're a bad person yeah. or you haven't done yeah. it's it's all your fault. It's yeah. it's not like that. And I think I'm just at a point in my life now as well where, you know, I knew when I got even like philosophically looking on getting that place, I was like, I'll make mistakes when I do this. Yeah. Because I've never done it before. Yeah. And actually now, the next time I go and look at a place, I'll there'll be things that I know that I need to ask or I know that I need to do or you know, and that's okay because yeah. it's all a big learning curve, yeah. right? Yeah. You've exactly. got to be I think nicer to yourself and I think that actually I am quite hard on myself yeah but again I you know I just I think I just I've kind of learned that you know you can't you've just got to be nicer to yourself actually you're doing the best that you can yeah we were talking about this um previously and we we're saying about like 
how as women we're very tough on ourselves and like how we need to give ourselves a break and go at least we've done at least we tried it if it doesn't work out so what just move on to the next thing it's okay but yeah as women we do like to beat ourselves up and tell us how we could be doing it better and it's not really fair it's a bit stupid yeah yeah so yeah so I've I kind of moved into my kind of my next chapter yeah I guess of, of my business and I was so lucky because I was able to keep my business and be able to do that and I mean it's it's not been a walk in the park yeah I have had to work my socks off I lost a lot in Covid mm. and I've had to claw my way back and to be able to get that new place yeah and it's not you know it it's been mentally and physically exhausting to do that but again I was so determined to do it yeah I'm a very determined person actually and I've realized that I don't give up very easily um but yeah I was I was able to to do that but you know I was really lucky that I was able to do that and I think a really big part of that was the fact that I did go out of my lease in that July August period coming out of that first lockdown which allowed me that flexibility and I was going to take another short lease on that room for about six months and it was my landlord that said no I'm not doing a short lease if you're going to take it you're going to take it again for another you know three years or whatever and And she shot herself and and she shot herself in the foot and I was like oh that's a bummer then but no I'm not going to do that I'm not signing my life away for something when it's so unpredictable yeah and that ended up benefiting me yeah so so what do you think is the next steps what would you like to bring in the clinic are you going to get like staff are you like yeah so I've um I've moved into a bigger premises yeah so I don't have one room yeah actually the room that I do now work out of it's this really big beautiful room so I've got about three times more space than I ever used to have so um I've actually got somebody that is um it's for me I want to be able to diversify the space that I've got so I have another room that I want to be able to um I've got some practitioners in there that do complementary therapies yeah so I've got an osteopath that works in there on Wednesdays for example and um that's what I'm doing with that room yeah so just while I'm sort of growing a bit more and then I'm at the point where I'll potentially take somebody on to work onto me. Yeah. Um, and then I've actually got um, a girl that is going to start doing nails for me. Mm. So I've always liked this idea of actually having, before it even became a kind of buzzy topic about, you know, working collaboratively with yeah. people and having a nice collaborative space. Collaborative yeah. space. And I actually always want to sort of have a place potentially where I could also maybe do events or talks or, you know, I'm a facialist, but I'm, of course, very interested in well-being. Yeah. And I really, part of what I do with my clients is that I really try and approach, I think very holistically and I approach them in a holistic way as well. And I always have done. Yeah. Um, And then for me personally, um, so this year I've kind of decided that well I need to start living my life a bit more normally so for me 2023 was like 
I need to, I haven't been away yeah. for, for over a year yeah. on a holiday. Yeah. So I'm going to start looking after me and my health a bit yeah. more now because yeah. it's been a long period of time yeah. where I've obviously been living in a hyper kind of stressed, weird state. Um, I also want to kind of focus a little bit more on growing my like personal profile a little bit. Yeah. And actually, and this is how this conversation started. Yeah. Because I was saying... Oh, I'm kind of I've I kind of write like a little list of things that I'd like to do yeah. and things that I'd like to complete. And I was like, you know, I really would like to maybe do like a panel talk, a podcast, yeah. stuff like that. Because I've always before I've been, I'm actually quite a, kind of quite a private yeah. person. I'm not yeah. I'm not shy, but I sort of am. You don't know how to blow yourself up, like. No, I'm not very good at yeah. like bigging myself up. Yeah. Like if obviously like we're having a very open conversation, people yeah. ask me, but yeah. I'd never just sort of sit and yeah. blurt to people. Um and I think that I've just I've always just kept myself very much to like myself and yeah. I'm I'm not very like good on social media. I yeah. find it really awkward to do like video talking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um also, I grew my business in, in the time where actually social media, a lot of people grow their social media mm. and then maybe set up a business. I'd, I, I'm, I've been doing this so long, like that wasn't really, social media didn't have the... the oh, I know, I of, remember. <laughs> yeah, like the stage it yeah. kind of does now. So yeah. I enjoy probably like Instagram. Yeah. Maybe that's the platform I use the most. But also... I think what I'm maybe not good at doing as well is because I've grown a business sort of seeing clients all the yeah. time to take time out to do things like social media yeah. I find that quite hard to do because that's not it's not like a revenue it doesn't feel productive for me yeah yeah it's not that it doesn't feel productive but it's like I feel that and probably wrongly like it's not it's not a, a, the biggest the best use of my time yeah so yeah so try and focus on that a little bit more and then in terms of progression at kmp skin in terms of the treatments that i yeah. offer um i'd really like to kind of add a few things um technology wise into what i'm doing facial wise yeah um any examples like um, I quite like to go into radio frequency. I'm yeah. quite a big fan of that. I have been basically one like meaning to get a radio frequency machine yeah. since twenty twenty. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah. God, I didn't because I would have that would have been pretty awful timing. But yeah. Um, obviously, I've been trying to get back into a premises. You can't take a radio frequency around in a car yeah. with you. That's yeah. too much over my. <laughs> over my lifting skills um yeah so i'd quite like to focus on doing that yeah yeah radio frequency is a good one i love that yeah well a lot of what i do in my facials i suppose is focused on it's you know lifting and sculpting yeah. that's what a lot of my clients like i work with my hands a lot yeah and then um I work with microcurrent a lot, yeah. so it's almost like adding another dimension onto yeah. microcurrent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's. You're going to I be mean, busy. there's always <laughs> like fifty things on the list, right? I'm yeah. sure you've got, and and actually, again, I think it's that thing of, you know, what if you actually even tick off one or two yeah. things on that list? Yeah. That's 
really good yeah, as well. Even just one. Don't good. beat yourself up. You yeah. are only human. Yeah, exactly. And our expectations are too high of ourselves. We're trying to like get up to the top very quickly, and that's the way social media has put it. Yeah. Like, it's just given us that thing but yeah no it is it's so nice to hear the whole story especially with the pandemic and going through all of that and the ups and downs and like you said the scribbles on the pages it's so nice to hear that from you and then for other people to hear it as well because they'll be going through scribbles right now and they'll be going oh my god how am I going to cope and it's good to just hear that and see you can get out the other side. I think if there's anything that I can say to the listeners of your podcast you know the ones that have their own businesses is that I think a lot of it and I think social media has something to do with this like I'm sure that a lot of people follow a lot of people on social and look you see the good stuff all the time right you see people going to events and you see Mm. people doing you know doing all the fun things right it's it I can assure you like I don't do a lot of things like that because I'm you know a lot of the time I'm working I can't like it's not always like that don't be fooled into into thinking that I think people don't talk as much about their struggles yeah um or they just don't talk at all like me I'm just (laughs) like I'm just useless (laughs) I sort of you know like I don't I I don't you know like I said I don't really sit and do a lot of face like yeah to camera videos although I am going to try and get better at that but you know there's another scribble on the page now because I got when I took the when I put him an offer on that place yeah there was no war in Ukraine there was no inflation there was no cost of living crisis I have taken a lease on in that building and now that's all going on yeah you know a lot of that really happened in you know September October time How how many years did you take on that lease I've got a five-year lease. I've got a break in it. Okay. That's... But, you know, things have dramatically changed as well. And I'm like, I, I am a little bit like, give me a break. But, like, I was even thinking about that last night. I was like, wouldn't you love to go back to the time before all of this? Like, you know, when you can travel easily, when there's no, you know, before war, before, like, it, it just feels in the last six years, it's been just mental it's been crazy like from the minute trump got in there's been a lot there's been a lot right and but what i am looking at this like this whole kind of thing that we're going through as well um and look i i also think that our current government are not doing an awful lot to help small and medium-sized businesses that are based in the uk yeah yeah and that's a challenge right it's challenging to have your own business in the uk yeah and um yeah and there's yeah so you know we're coming out of kind of covid but there's a whole new set of challenges and you know my my service um charge has risen Mm. not astronomically right yeah um because of the energy yeah and it's but i've i'm also being really philosophical about it right yeah i can't control the cost of electricity yeah i don't have that power yeah there are higher forces behind that yeah and it goes back to that thing of 
I know now coming out of, you know I know I've got a good business yeah because I've had clients that obviously came, followed me coming out of COVID. I know that I'm good at what I do because yeah. they would have gone somewhere else. And I know that I work hard and yeah. I know that I'm trying my best. So actually, I kind of, I was, you know, I, I was like, right, now we've got this going on, I've got this lease. And it's like, do you know what? If it doesn't work out, it's not your fault. A yeah. lot of this stuff is stuff that you can't control. Yeah. And there will be a way that yeah. you will find another way to do something. Yeah, exactly. And you can control I'm like a it. Cockroach. You can't kill me off. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's always adjusting to everything, and it's not panicking about the next thing that's coming. It's just like right, what will be will be. And that's yeah, it. I think you have to trust in a bit of a in a higher force I don't I don't know yeah or else that you just can't change things certain yeah. things you can't change so there's no point in freaking out yeah. it's just like right we'll deal with it when we have to deal with it and we're kind of all in the same boat right yeah. if you you know you're I, my client I'm having to pay more bills on my premises my clients having to pay more bills on their homes you know it's it's yeah. all cyclical yeah yeah and they have an understanding of that as well yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt like we could have talked probably for about three hours. I, I, yeah. I, I hope this isn't the world's no, most no, boring it's great. podcast. <laughs> no, people find it so informative and so kind of releasing as well because a lot of people are feeling the stress right now and they need to feel that they're not alone in that You're boat. You're not alone. Yeah, exactly. You're not. And it's, it's good because this is, has really given like an insight into the ups, the downs of a clinic business and being in the industry. Yeah, and yeah. the ultimate scribble. <laughs> so thanks for coming, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. It was really lovely chatting yeah. with you. you too.